Thank you for listening to the Convergence Podcast. We pray that God speaks to you during this message and that he moves in your life. I want to share a little bit, especially around Pentecost uh, Sunday and, and the birth of the church. So if you have your Bibles, I want to, I want to be in Acts chapter 1 uh, and Acts chapter 2. And I just want to share a little bit about this and then I want to close in prayer and maybe share a little bit of my own life um, and then close in prayer. So I, I remember I got saved when I was 16 years old. Um, I wasn't raised, quote, in the church. I was, I was actually raised Catholic and went to mass tw- uh, twice a year. So we were faithful on, on Christmas and we were faithful on Easter. And so, uh, but it wasn't until I was 16 years old that somebody was bringing me actually to a youth group. And I gave my heart to the Lord, actually in a Christian school. I gave my heart to Jesus. I have a twin brother. We both uh, gave our heart to the Lord and really transformed our lives. Um, We didn't know much about it. We just knew that we needed Jesus to come into our heart. And the good news is that when he he does come in, he he transforms us from the inside out. So when I got saved, no one threw a rule book at me, a Bible, all these things you shouldn't do and not do. And though I I totally respect God's word, it's like things that I used to hate, I began to love. And the things I used to love, I began to not like or hate. I just, there was a complete transformation over the course of months, literally. And, uh, and so I was living for Jesus. And then someone, um, and I was actually saved in an Assemblies of God church. So that was a Pentecostal church. And so, and they were a loud worshiping Pentecostal church. You know what I'm, you guys know what I'm saying about loud, okay, loud worshiping Pentecostal church. And so my first Sunday in that loud worshiping Pentecostal church, they, I was worshiping the Lord, uh, not with my, with my hands down, and I was just kind of standing there because that's what we kind of did uh, previously. And anyway, and so a person in front of me was just like, their hands were raised up, and they were shakala. They were like, they were just going off and speaking in tongues. And initially, that just kind of, that really freaked me out. I left. I guess I got to leave. I don't know what this person, you know, I don't know what's going on with this person. So I left, and that was my first experience with the baptism of the Holy Spirit or people who are baptized in the Holy Spirit. It wasn't until three years later, uh, I was at a prayer retreat, and, and uh, I wasn't called to ministry at that point. I was going into business at that. I was going to, going to Chabot College in, in Hayward, and, uh, and they talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they said, you need a Terry for the Holy Spirit, you know, and I didn't know what Terry was. I thought that maybe it was a name or whatever. I didn't know what Terry was. So um, I, I did, so that actually clarified that for me. That means like you press in uh, to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so I did. Um, and it was, I just remember it was a dirty floor. It was like a campsite, you know, it was a dirty floor, wooden bench and no air conditioning. It was miserable actually. And um, I just remember kneeling. I said, if this is for you, this is from you, Lord, I really want this gift that uh, this pastor just preached about. And so I know I'm supposed to tarry, so I might be here three weeks. You know, who knows how long I'm going to be here. And so it was probably about 45 minutes later, um, I, I was prayed for. Then they said, like, go after your prayer language. So I did, and I had these things. I felt like these words were coming up that they weren't English, and I didn't know. Anyway, there was an internal battle. And so the, I think what my youth pastor said, you just need to like by faith, just let it go, you know, like go ahead and share those things. And, and so I went ahead and I did, and I'm telling you, I, I though I know I was totally saved, um, at the age of 16, I felt like I got saved again. I, I don't know how else to explain it. There was a, another 
power encounter with God that, that revolutionized my life. Um, it wasn't a, a salvation per se, but there was a boldness that came on me. And that's when the Lord set me apart to go into full-time ministry. And uh, it was after I received uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not saying that's the same, that's the same way for everybody. I, I, you know, different people, it, it impacts people differently. But um, I, I do want to say this, that the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, in my humble opinion, is not optional equipment. It's not something we tag on to our salvation. In, in Acts chapter 1, Jesus told them, he commanded them to wait uh, for the gift of the, of the Father, the promise of the Father, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So let's go ahead and uh, let's just kind of visit that. And that is Acts chapter 1, 4, and 5. It says... Um, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. He said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, I will, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I mean, let's think about these guys for a moment. I mean, these are, these are, you know, the disciples that are there. They don't have, they don't have a church tradition. Uh, they don't have, they, they have never been involved in church politics. Um, they have no grid on what this even looks like. Um, they didn't even have an idea of how to do church. Now, they had an idea of how to be an ecclesia because they saw Jesus do it. And they saw, they heard Jesus in Matthew 16, verse 18, talking about, you are you know, the church, my ecclesia, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. But they weren't trained in rabbinic schools. They had no Bible college degrees. They had no, say, seminary degrees. I mean, they were fishermen, predominantly. They were political zealots, former tax collectors, fearful, uneducated. But here's the thing. They were with Jesus for three years. And that makes all the difference in the world. Um, so these are the guys that he's talking about, and he's saying, Jesus is going ahead and he's commanding them. He says, you know, please don't go, please tarry or wait for the gift that my father has given you, which is you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I know that they had, they really had no grid for that. Like, what does it even mean to be baptized? Like, we have a grid for it, but they don't have, they didn't have a grid for it. I mean, they... They probably weren't even around when Jesus, when, the, when uh, John baptized Jesus and the, the sky opened up, the voice came in, the, the dove came down, rested on, you know, like, I don't even know if they were a part of that whole process even then, and the Holy Spirit came on them. So Jesus alluded to the Holy Spirit, and then he says that you're going to be baptized, and that word baptized means to be submerged. It means to be, it's like taking a, a, a dry sponge and pouring water over it and just let it submerge. Like, that's what he's talking about, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so here they are, and I just, I, I just so enjoy <laughs> verses 6 and 7 because they've been with Jesus for three years, and they still think that Jesus is going to go ahead and set up his earthly kingdom. I mean, this gives hope for all of us in this room, really. So then, uh, then they... Verse six, then they, uh, then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? 
So they still think he's going to set up some earthly kingdom. And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times and dates that the father has set by his own authority. Then we move into the really famous verse, Acts chapter 1, 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So he, he begins to define this baptism. He says, and you, and you will receive power. So he didn't say you might receive power. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you receive the power of God on your life. So you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. See, the Holy Spirit was already in them. It's the Holy Spirit on them that they're going to receive. So when you're saved, the Holy Spirit comes into your life. Your spirit, God's spirit are connected. You're, you're declared sons of the living God. And when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit coming on you. So what does it mean by when you receive or this word power? So receive actually, the word actually means to take back again. The word receive means to retake or to receive back. Power is the word dunamis, which I define dunamis as the ability to do. It means, it means might. That's one of the words it means, but it also means ability. So Jesus is... In so many ways, Jesus is pushing all his chips in the middle of the table. I mean, you got to be thinking about this. Jesus is going to go ahead. He knows he's going to ascend to the Father. He knows that there are going to be people who are praying. He's leaving his teaching ministry and his ministry altogether, at least in physical form. He's leaving. He's going to be ascended, and he's and he's going to he's not going to he's not leaving them with a budget. He's not leaving them with church buildings. He's not leaving them with all the conventional things that we wanted. The most important thing that he can leave them with is this command. And the command is that you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And this is what's going to propel my ecclesia to do great things. And we see the book of chapter one, chapter two, all the way to the end. And there's never an amen at the book of Acts because we're still living in the book of Acts. It's an ongoing thing in the book of Acts. So we have to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. So he says, take back again this dunamis, this power, this ability to do. Authority is the right, is the right to do, but power is the ability to do. Salvation gives us our rights. The baptism of the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to actually exercise those rights. So salvation gives us authority, and the baptism gives us ability. Ability. So, and he says, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, like I said before, the salvation is the Holy Spirit in you. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit on you. And then it says, for what purpose? You will be my witnesses. You guys know what that word witnesses means? It means martyrs. In the Greek, it means martyr. So, I mean, that's a, that's a real strong word that Jesus is using. You will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. So a witness is a person who gets on a stand, who testifies to the truth of reports given. I mean, those are, you know, truthful witnesses, a true and faithful witness. That's who he is. 
And so Jesus is saying, look, you guys do not go anywhere. I'm leaving. They're thinking about, hey, he's going to restore his kingdom on earth. That's not what's happening. But the one thing that you need is to be clothed with power. And it's no surprise that it's 50 days after his resurrection. It's no surprise that it's Pentecost because Pentecost is when they actually gathered, they harvested the crops and they celebrated the harvest. They celebrated the harvest. What what are you talking about, PG? I'm talking about Jesus is empowering them to preach the gospel. Now, I, I fully believe in signs and wonders. If you're around here long, that's, that's like, woo, primary, right? That's a big deal. That's up there in the top five, you know, Jesus being one. I mean, all, that's up there. But, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, an impo- is, a, is a, I don't know, it's a, it's a speaking empowerment. Well, how do you know that? Because I know that Peter was, he denies Jesus Jesus restores him. So we see Peter as the one who denied Jesus, though he was restored to a Peter who was so empowered by the Holy Spirit, he doesn't, he doesn't have the fear of man anymore. That's broken off of him. And he steps up and he preaches the gospel in Acts chapter 2 and 3,000 get saved. Well, what's the difference between the Peter here and the Peter here? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's the difference. Are you guys okay? You guys with me? Okay. You guys, okay, all right. So, so in Acts chapter 1, verse 14, this is super important. They sought the Lord in unity. And, and this is where, this is, this is what we need to be doing right now. It, it says, In Acts chapter 1, I know I'm skipping a bunch of verses, but verse 14, they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. They all joined together constantly, constantly. Everyone just say constantly, constantly in prayer. I mean, the word says we need to pray without ceasing. We need to be praying in the spirit. I mean, that's our lifeline. It's not just prayers so much that we can get God to act. It's actually prayer that actually brings us into the presence of the Lord, and we can actually hear what God wants to do and what God wants to say and bring that reality here. Prayer is not me telling God what to do. Prayer is me connecting with the Lord, hearing his voice, and bringing that reality into this one. So here they are. They're joined together in prayer. They're tight. They're unified. They're purposeful. And this is what leads to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. So when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house 
where they were sitting. Suddenly, and I always, this is one of my things, suddenlies don't just happen suddenly. I think suddenlies are made with investments. You, you have to, suddenlies are usually something that's built, 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 built. You're praying, you're unified, you're together, you're seeking God, and all of a sudden there's a suddenly. Suddenlies just don't happen. Suddenlies come with investment. We have to invest in prayer. We have to invest in being unified, one mind, one heart, and then a suddenly comes. And what's important about Pentecost is that I think it was three, two or three times a year, all the people from all the, the, the Jews from all over the known world would actually come to two or three great feasts or festivals each year in Jerusalem and they would actually gather from other regions and they would all, so the Lord has, has literally thousands and thousands and thousands of his people in the city and that's when he decides at that point the spirit of God's going to fall. So suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind. That's what we need again. I mean, one translation says a rushing wind. I mean, this is what we, this is what we need in our churches. I, I'm praying that the Lord would pour a fresh anointing and fire on the body of Christ. This is what I'm believing for, for Convergence House of Prayer. This is what I'm believing for the, the churches in the Silicon Valley, in the wider, you know, California the state, and in our nation and around the world. You guys, we don't war against flesh and blood, right? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We are, we're actually dependent on the fresh anointing of the Spirit of God that comes on us. Well, why do you say that? It's because that is what Jesus did, and that's what he commanded us to do. And so Jesus' ministry doesn't start until he's actually baptized in the Holy Spirit. Unless he's, remember, he's baptized in water, comes up, here comes the dove. He's actually baptized, Spirit of God comes on him, and from that point on, he moves in ministry. It's not just a teaching ministry, it's a ministry filled with signs, wonders, and miracles. So he, now he says, okay, now I want you to tarry as one man, tarry as one man, get into the upper room, and now the same Spirit that fell on me way back Earlier when John the Baptist baptized me, it's the same spirit that's going to fall on you. And Jesus relied on the Holy Spirit in his ministry. He heard from the Father, but he was moving in the Spirit of God. So we walk by faith, not by sight. It says to be in step with the Spirit. It says walk in the Spirit. I mean, when you start reading Romans, you start reading all the way through the New Testament, there's a huge emphasis on the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And for some reason, we think, we think about the Father, we think about the Son, and we think about the Holy Spirit maybe down here somewhere. You know, like we have, these are the, these are the big guys, and then there's the Holy Spirit. No, it's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they're co-equal. They're three persons in the Godhead. They're co-equal. And so they all have their part. But, but, but the Holy Spirit is not the junior partner of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is God. And we need the Holy Spirit not just in us. Praise God, we're saved. 
we need the Spirit of God on us. I mean, now like never before. I mean, now like never before. We have to, we have to you know, we get out of this, this shelter in place. We're going to have to come out. I'm praying that we come out not, not just carrying, the, I was going to say full of the Holy Spirit, but what I meant to say, what I mean to say when I say that is that the Spirit of God is on us in such a way that we're coming out in love, we're coming out serving people, but we're coming out with the word of the Lord. When Jesus came, he changed history. Right? When he came, he changed history. And we are sons and daughters of the living God. Though we're not, obviously not God, but we, but we can function under the anointing of the Spirit of God, just like Jesus. And when we get out of this, I, I call it, you know, SIP, you know, SIP, that's the thing now. It's kind of like it's easy anyway. When we come out of this SIP, you know, we, I, I'm praying that we come out with fresh fire, fresh anointing, and that we can actually slay the Goliaths that are in front of us. I, I really believe that's going to happen. I'm the, I mean, I'm not just saying this is what we need to do. I really believe that's what's going to happen. And I'm believing that for you, and I'm believing that for me. I, I don't want to come out of the shelter of play. I, I, want, I want to come out a different man. I, I want to come out a, a pure man. I want to come out a man with that's been dialed in in the secret place with the Lord. I, I want to come out filled with the spirit of God. I, I want to come out with the word of the Lord on my lips. It doesn't mean I badger people with it. It means I love and I serve people like Jesus did, but I do so under the anointing of the spirit of God. Yeah? Okay, all right. Yeah? Yeah, all right, all right, all right. It's fun having these guys in here, even though I can't see them. All right. Verse 3. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. I think the Passion Translation says it, it, says, it says a pillar of fire. And a lot of commentaries say that's what it was. You know, and I was thinking about this this morning. This thought came to me. This, I know I've read this passage in my life probably hundreds of times. But I, see, I, I saw like there's this pillar of fire, and then it splits off into tongues of fire. And so I'm seeing that there's a, a corporate anointing and a personal anointing. But it's all one. So when we're baptized in the Spirit of God, yes, there's a personal anointing for everyone, but it's still part of a corporate anointing. And when we, that's where there's 120 in that room. And it's like, there's this corporate anointing that takes place. And so I'm moving in the, in the power of the Holy Spirit, baptizing the Holy Spirit. I'm not moving rogue. I'm not moving quote on my own. There's a, there's a greater corporate anointing that God is doing in other people at the same time. And I think the pillar's really wide. And I think that when the Lord sees it from heaven to earth, I think he sees this pillar. He might see this pillar. I don't know. I haven't asked him yet. This pillar coming, you know, there, and I'm seeing these tongues of fire resting on every single person in this room. It's not the baptism of the Holy Spirit, though it's an event, it's, a, it's an encounter, but it's an ongoing encounter. 
That's why it says in Ephesians chapter 5.18, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. That word filled means to be continually filled, ongoing. It's a, it's, you can be filled with the Spirit of God three or four times a day. But the, but the exhortation is be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. So all of them, where am I? All right, corporate anointing, right? So the, the fire separates, and that means, that, that actually word means to actually cleave apart. It's like to cut in pieces like a butcher cuts meat. It's just, it was like, I don't know how else to say it. When I think of meat, okay, I haven't been eating meat lately, but yeah, but Rich is here. And Rich always eats meat. So, uh, <laughs> okay, get focused now, PG. And I love the fact that the fire rested on them. So there's this place of functioning under the anointing in a place of rest, not stress not anxiety, not working ourselves up when we watch the news or not, I mean, we have to be in a place of rest. And I heard this a long time ago and I really believe it's true. We actually hear better in this place of rest. So that doesn't mean, rest doesn't mean inactivity. It just means that I can actually, there's no, there's no blockages through all the things I'm thinking about, worrying about, whatever, I'm in the presence of the Lord receiving, and fire is always symbolic of divine presence. So you, get, you see this was taking place? The pillar of fire is coming down. It's being cleaved, <laughs> I can use that. It's, it's falling on them, and it's, it's actually resting on the 120 that are in the room, and it's a corporate anointing, and it's a personal anointing but it's still the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In verse four, and all of them, the Greek word for all is all, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Not some of them, not 80% of them, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So the word, the word filled means to be generously supplied. It means to be completely full. So the, 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 the famous now illustration that we use all the time is the, you know, the water bottle and we pour water in it. It's just, how do you know when it's full? You, you know when it's full is when, it's, when it overflows. So they were generously supplied they were completely full with God himself, Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God enabled them. So that's a, that's a gift that the Lord gives you, is speaking in tongues, which we don't have time to talk about today. I think I did a series on, for three or four weeks on the power of speaking in tongues as the Spirit of God enabled them, or in some translation says, as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. And that word utterance means to speak out. So it's important to note that the Spirit of God 
enable them, but it was them who were doing the speaking. So there's a, there's a partnership. So on this Pentecost Sunday, as I try and bring this to a close, on Pentecost Sunday, what I'm believing for is for those who have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, how, how do I do that? Well, it's, it's really quite simple. It's you, you just get before the Lord. I, I, would re- I just recommend it in a quiet place. And you just ask a good father to say, Father, this is the promise that you shared in Scripture, and I believe it's for me, and I ask you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're, if you're by yourself, that's a, that's a legal, legitimate, awesome prayer. If you have family members who are filled with the Holy Spirit or you have friends who are filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, approach them and ask them if they could pray for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I, I'm still amazed at the things that Jesus does. I, honestly, I'm still, I'm standing here, I preached out of Acts chapter one and two for years, and I'm still, I'm standing here as I'm talking to you, I'm standing here thinking, this is what he did. Like this is the only thing he did before he left. This is, he modeled the life, they were with him, and you think three years would be enough with Jesus, right? Even if you had a week with him. Even if you had a, two hours with the Lord, right? Hey, Father, I mean, Jesus, just download these things to me. Like three years, it says in the, it says in the Bible that the miracles couldn't even, the books, the books, the Bible can't even, the books can't even contain the miracles that Jesus did. That was only three years, right? And you think that'd be enough. And so he tells them, I'm going to leave, but you need to wait to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He didn't say, here's 50 ways to plant a church. He didn't say, now that you've been with me for three years, you, are, you can apply now to rabbinic schools. He was talking to an ecclesia. He wasn't talking to a formalized traditional church. The ecclesia needs the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is not optional equipment. And so if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, ask him again, fill me again, baptize me again. Because to me, for Jesus to ascend, and that's the only command he leaves. And we know in the book of Acts, that was the only command that was needed. That crazy? Right? I mean, Acts chapter three, the man healed by the gate beautiful. Persecution. Acts chapter four, it says at the end of the chapter, they prayed, the place was shaken, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they preached the, the word of God with boldness. We see, I think, Acts 19. People are saying, I was baptized under John's baptism. And, and Paul's like, hey, you need They actually vowed that the Gentiles could be saved because the Holy Spirit fell on and everyone began. That was the 
Let us believe the Lord that the fire of God will fall on the houses of God, on the people of God. Our pulpits. I'm not talking about loud preaching. I'm talking about when we think of fire, we think of a guy jumping off a stage and he's sweating and everything. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the spirit of God is so evident on that minister, that woman, that man, like there's a preaching the gospel for people that are, that are serving. Because I think minister, there is no, I don't think there's a separation between pastoral ministry and lay ministry. We're all ministers. So as your ministry takes you to wherever the Lord has you, that the anointing of the Holy Spirit is resting on you so powerfully that even your shadow might heal people. It's all here, Acts chapter 2. It's being baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's what I celebrate. I know once a year we celebrate Pentecost Sunday, and I believe that there'll be amazing things that take place today, but there's also tomorrow, and that's another Pentecost day. And then there's Tuesday, and that's another, and that's another, and that's another. So let's believe God in this season. Like, let's, let's ask the Lord. I can't be responsible for you. You can't be responsible for me. My responsibility is to keep my heart on fire, keep my heart in revival. That's not your responsibility. That's mine. And it's the, it is the filling of the Holy Spirit that's so essential for us. So, Father, as we, as we end this meeting this morning with our family and friends, I pray for a fresh anointing to be released. Lord, as I just extend my hands out toward the camera, I pray that the Spirit of God would land to every viewer in the heart and on every viewer. That I just say be baptized in the Spirit of God. Let there be a fresh outpouring over you in the name of Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit come in right now and just wreck you. Let it fill your homes. Let it be saturated with presence. Let it fill the car that you might be watching this video in. May it fill the workplace. May it fill, may it continue to fill. Let there be an overflow of the presence of God. And Lord, we just, we just release your presence. We release the power of the Spirit of God in our nation, in our churches, all over this nation and around the world. And God, may it not just be one day we commemorate once a year. Now, this is something that is meant for us as believers to be enjoyed and empowered day by day. And we thank you for it, Jesus. In your name, amen. Thanks again for listening. For more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to our channel. God bless.